Come on in, guys. Welcome back to Talking Llama, everyone. Matt Hamage here with Jared Sundin. And since we just got through three seasons last week, we've just got two to finish up this week as we finish out the top uh, or the top 20, I guess, down to season 16 and 17. Um, Before we get started on that, a little South African survivor news. Um, They, of course, will be the first, at least first English speaking edition to air a new season. They filmed it in secret. The end, second part of, of last year, last year finished in December, I believe. Uh, but they just announced the cast for the season. Uh, not a lot came out, just a brief kind of paragraph or so from each each cast member, 20 castaways for season eight, Immunity Island. They still haven't said what Immunity Island is yet, so I'm very curious to see how that that plays in, especially after season seven's Island of Secrets, which I thought worked pretty well. Similar to Ghost, Ghost Island is probably the closest U.S. comp for that one. Um, but just another reminder that these international versions, particularly South Africa and Australia, are fantastic. If you're looking for new Survivor, can't recommend these enough. Um, just DM me on Twitter if you want to watch them. They're, they're not available online necessarily, um, given they are in a, in a foreign country. Um, but I can hook you up with that if you are so inclined, as everyone should be. And season eight... Uh, begins june 3rd um so they should be available june 4th or so probably jared we got to get you on the international train at some point buddy well i think i'm I'm looking like i'm gonna have some downtime coming up here so um yeah i'll i don't think it would be the worst time to start i'll put it that way season six is often thought of as one of the best international seasons and a very high tier just overall season just beautiful chaos is the way I like to describe it. And then season seven is a little up and down, but it features just some absolutely phenomenal strategic play, just outstanding stuff. Um, So the highs for me are probably higher in season seven, but season six is more consistently good. Both casts are great. um, That's what really makes it fun. Um, But if you're looking again, if you're looking for new survivor, fantastic entry point, um, two seasons there as you get ready for actually new survivor. Just want to mention that quickly off the top here, but we'll get into our, our rankings and we're on season 17 or our 17th ranked season, season seven, 2003's Pearl Islands, Queen Sandra's first win, my 15th ranked season, Jared's 20th ranked. And I'm going to start here because I think I might be a little low on this season, if I'm being honest. We had to have our rankings uh, submitted before we started the podcast. And my rewatch um, of Pearl Islands came after the fact. And this is one of the most just straight up fun seasons out of any out of all 40, Um, especially the opening. This is probably, I think, hands down the best opening the show has ever done. And it was crazy. Yep. 
it's it's hysterical. Just a little refresher. First of all, the theme is pirates. So I mean, sign me up every time for that. That's incredible. Um, so they go into into this kind of local village, and they have to kind of they get they get a little bit of local money, and they can spend that, and then they can barter, um, buy steel in in some cases if you're Rupert. Um, to get all the supplies you want or need. So Rupert, he's sitting down kind of on a sidewalk somewhere. The other tribe leaves kind of their their boat or some sort of floaty thing with their shoes and whatnot. He steals those to trade because Rupert Rupert goes all in on the pirate theme all season. And it's it's incredible. I know some I know a lot of people love Rupert. I know you're not as high on him as as the average fan maybe is, but he goes 100% into the pirate theme of Pearl Islands talking about, you know, I wouldn't do this. No, I can't really do Rupert voice, but I, I wouldn't do this, but you know, what would a pirate do? And then he does what he thinks a pirate would do. It's, it's incredible content. It's incredible stuff. And I mean, it just sets the tone in a way that no other season did before or has since. Yeah. I remember, um, well, first off, Sandra had the distinct language advantage. Uh, yes, of everyone. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And um, that was one of my first takeaways. But uh, the other really funny thing I remember was one of the locals hitting on um, one of the women, like a local woman hitting on one of the women that was a castaway. And, um, you know, like she kind of went along with it to try and get an advantage for her own tribe. And it was, yeah, just all kinds of unpredictable, hilarious things happening within the first five minutes of the season starting. Absolutely. I mean, you do what you got to do. I mean, um, Sandra also trades her gold chain for basically like an entire barbecue's worth of food. And, you know, maybe it was a legit 14 karat gold chain, but if it's just some, some like cheap gold, that's that's one thing I'd be curious to know just to see what the, the trade-in value was for that. Um but you know, Sandra wouldn't make a bad deal. This is true. It, I doubt. I bet she got the better end of that without without a question. But I mean, that that opening scene, it'd be hard to replicate it now. Just be like, because it's you're capturing lightning in a bottle with that first one. But I wish they would try something like this again. You know, something that's not just you guys are on a boat, throw all this stuff into the water and load it onto a raft and then go to your camp. You got 60 seconds to do it, you know, give them time to a little bit of time to work, give them a little bit, you know, a little local money, local flair to it. They don't do that as much anymore because they've been, you know, stationed in Fiji for so long. But if they tried something like this, I would, I would welcome it with open arms. Yeah. Especially if it was as a little surprise that would really get people, I think, um, I guess on their toes a little more where, you know, now we've, we've kind of grown accustomed to similar trends happening in every season. And even something like that would freshen up the, the whole series around, you know, the season 41 point, which would be pretty nice. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I doubt they could do it with whenever 41 starts, you know, they're still taking some precautions with filming and adding in a local village probably isn't, anything they're <laughs> looking to do or maybe what he's about be, ratings, Matt, it's be, about ratings. even be allowed to do, but you know, if they can keep this in their, in their back pocket, maybe just with, with how just incredible it, it is. I mean, it, it just kind of sets the, 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 the tone for the season, like no other, 
other season has. Um, I mean, the the pirate part, they had that they had that incredible cannon challenge too. They're literally just shooting cannons at targets. I mean, I mean, what? Like I I'd forgotten about that when I when I turned on to rewatch and I lost my mind. It was it was hysterical because because most most of the challenges, especially now, you can kind of practice. You know, it might be agility or puzzles <laughs> or throwing. And even if it's not exactly what the challenge is, you can do something that's comparable to it. No one's going to know how to shoot a cannon. Uh, well, hey, if they cast it right, you never know. I guess that's true. Wasn't there like true. a blow dart challenge too? There was like a weapons challenge again. Um, yeah, I mean, they they just they just went went all out, and I mean, it it was incredible. I think I said that word about ten times already, but it it is no less true. Then, of course, you know Johnny Fairplay, the maybe the first. We'll get into the big moment in a second here. Maybe the first true Survivor villain, or at least he kind of redefined what what a Survivor villain was. And you know, it starts off with him making sure to barter or trade for booze in the in the in the opening opening um in the opening for the show there you know of all the things that are on your your list of needs you know even at the bottom of the list alcohol is probably not there uh, but he made sure to grab it he gets drunk before the first tribal council probes calls him out and thus began the the probes fair play hate fest pretty much uh yeah well it's not a hate fest with me in fair play i i respect that man as a tv character more than you could ever believe i can get into my reasons a little later but that's a sneak peek well you know since we're on it you know why don't we just just jump into fair play so obviously can be a polarizing guy for i don't take your pick of, of reasons why um but he's a personality that's for sure but the of course the main thing is the grandma lie at the loved ones challenge his his buddy comes up and and he tells fair play that his grandma died and and he you know he to his credit he puts on a damn good showing of it thunder d thunder d that i was blanking i mean of course his friend's name is thunder d because because obviously why it would be anything else that's a little boring for what i was expecting but <laughs> Uh, thunder is just it's just loud and abrasive and that, that seemed like seemed fitting to me yeah and um and so he starts you know mustering up some tears and and you know ask what happened he goes oh it's either going to be my grandma or my buddy my grandma's not here for a reason and he just kind of milks it out of him says his grandma died everyone gets real like silent and emotional they start feeling sorry for him even those who had problems with him you know kind of took a step back from the game and then in the in the challenge, so they were it was kind of like a um what's that show? The the marriage, the marriage game. What's that game show called? The newlywed game. The newlyweds, yep. Yeah. That's that's basically what they're doing. Probes probes will ask a question, then they have to match match answers, um, pretty much. And the loved ones are on, of course, a plank, because it's pirates, so why not? And and fair play still working the angle, you know, saying, you know, I'd love to some time with my buddy and get some answers on what happened with my grandma and you know it's a very fine line i feel like even even if it were true because obviously spoiler if you haven't seen the season before his grandma was not dead she was very much alive 
And as Fairplay said, she's probably at home watching Jerry Springer while that was happening, which is just a great visual. She was at the reunion too, I think. Yeah, she she absolutely was. She was in the audience. She seemed to be laughing it off. And and so they eventually decide to give Fairplay the win. And and then he and Thunder are walking down the beach and they start congratulating each other on what a great job they did pulling this <laughs> off. I mean, so here, here's my question for you. When you watched Pearl Islands the first time, did you know about this already? Or was this kind of a brand new experience? No, I, I feel like I heard of something like this happening, but I didn't know that this was the season or like the, the moment. So I, I guess I was still surprised a little bit just to see how it all happened. Okay. I see. Cause I, I knew about this before I watched the season, unfortunately, because my roommates at the time, um, before I start kind of really d- started in on survivor, they, they told me about fair play and how he was known for this one moment. And so then of course I looked up on YouTube just to watch that part. And it was just, it was hilarious then, but man, I wish I would have shown a little bit more patience and just waited it out to, to see it with fresh eyes. But even, even watching it again, you know, on, on the rewatch, it's still as incredible as, as ever. I mean, just to, just to have the gall and the balls to, to pull that off. Yeah. And, and I love just the, how in on it he went where like this is the kind of lie where if you get caught you just keep lying more and oh yeah you know you hope that no one notices but there's so many things about the whole scene that come back to me uh first off i just want to say that burton and his mom were like probably one of my favorite loved ones <laughs> duos ever on the show um like she knew everything that he was going to say. Um, and, and it was just like kind of this very wholesome mother son moment. And uh, it was happening at the exact same time that fair play was lying about his grandma being dead to <laughs> spend time with his obnoxious friend. Yeah. Sneaky, those <laughs> trying out a new soundboard type thing. So hopefully that that'll play come through. Okay. On the, on the episode here just to- these i well i heard it and these are all <laughs> going to be new to me so <laughs> i am thrilled about this uh and then to to get back to this like loved ones i guess challenge if you want to call it that um there was one person that was just not having any of this and that was who you think it is um sandra where like everyone is kind of getting out of the way for fair play, letting him have that time with his friend and Sandra gets one, right. Um, I believe it was her husband when he yep. was there. Um, and yeah, so she gets an answer, right. And Jeff asks who she wants to take another step down the plank. And she just goes fair place, buddy. <laughs> Oh, I mean, Sandra hated fair play. <laughs> she didn't buy anything, too. It was so great. I don't think she would have cared even if she did believe it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But yeah, um, just like everyone 
being in this very caring mode and then sandra is just stone-faced annoyed like bitter all of these adjectives um and and you know just so completely the opposite of what everyone else was thinking yeah just just cutthroat sandra i mean it's just after seeing her play now four four times you know what else would you expect you know, that's just Sandra 1.0, but she was basically almost fully formed from from the jump there. And you, yeah. you just you just love to see it. Yeah. And um, man, I, I do have a lot more I want to talk about with Sandra. But as long as we're still on fair play, kind of, um, I like Johnny fair play. I, I'm not even sure what the general survivor community feeling on fair play is. Um I'm guessing he's generally disliked, but also respected as like a big picture guy in the show. I think, and I could be very wrong on this, but the impression I get is that not a lot of people like him as a person in the fandom, but they appreciate what he did for the show and kind of starting the the villain arc archetype type player yeah um now that's i haven't kind of looked into that that thought specifically so that could be a little skewed by just a little bit that i've seen um but a lot of a lot of people find the lie if not funny you know innovative and some and things like that um but they don't necessarily like his overarching attitude just about himself and you know his spot in the game i guess yeah that's that's understandable and uh as far as you saying like he's really the first true villain or he redefined the villain thing i i can see that from a different perspective because i am a huge wrestling guy and johnny fairplay has not just like experience in you know wrestling world but he's worked for some of these small wrestling companies um and like he he has really a first-hand knowledge of what it takes to get a reaction as a bad guy out of the crowd and bringing that to survivor you could just tell that he was like on another level from anyone that we had seen in terms of like generating a, fa- a negative uh, fan reaction and he'd work some of these other quotes in like Ric Flair, Hogan like just little nuggets that as a fan I appreciated way more than everyone else I'm sure but I, I mean he almost yeah. played the heel a little too perfectly he got right up to the end and then lost yep yep it was it was exactly the purpose he needed to serve and uh, obviously he, he I don't think he thought he was going to lose but um you know, ended up telling a pretty great story after it was all said and done. He he feels like a perfect fit for this season. Like yep. anything before this, I don't he would have just felt so out of place. But the season was just kind of it was a new feeling. They were trying some new things with the with the setup. And and I don't know what his casting process interviews were like if they thought this was the kind of person they were going to get or if they just struck gold, you know, luckily with, with him. But this, 
this was probably the exact right season for him. You know, I'm thinking about him in in like Palau. Tom would have wrung his neck probably at some point. Um, and and you know, I don't know where else you slide him in. And then once he's there, and he kind of sets sets the the marker for this kind of player existing in the game, then you can kind of get get those players. You know, in more, not not that there's ever been a villain like Fair Play. I don't know that he's the worst villain. Um, I think the lie kind of props him up depending on how you feel about that but but he set the stage so to speak for that type of player belonging on the show and what kind of value they can bring just from an entertainment standpoint if not a gameplay yeah now that you say that i i can't really think of a season that would have been better than this for him to make his debut um you know like amazon is maybe the only other one that i could I could see it, but I, I kind of like the Rob Sesternino showcase there. And, and this yeah. one was more of a, a fair play, I guess, showcase in a way, but um, also had some rivalries going on too. Yeah. I think, I think fair play on a men versus women season could have been disastrous. Would have been a little bit much, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably the only one of the of the previous six seasons where it might have worked but i think that would have been a little too much st- stimulation yeah a little risky yeah you know it could have turned out to be gold again but i, I think it ultimately probably would have been for the worse um but but they, they again they, they knocked out knocked out of the park on the casting of, of fair play for for pearl islands big part of what makes it such a fun season um couple other things we'll get to sandra in a second you said you had a lot of a lot of thoughts on her um a few other kind of notable game mechanics or twists first uh we'll cover we'll of course get to the outcast but we'll wait on that first first bit here um after the reward challenges rather than winning actual awards they get to go and pillage because pirates from the other from the other camp what do you think of that as kind of a reward replacement or as just as a reward itself i kind of liked it like you you get some i guess cross contamination of tribes or you know like get a little teaser of how people from opposite tribes might interact with each other um i know you're kind of a fan of putting people in difficult positions intentionally and uh seeing how that goes and you know, I, I remember Sandra taking a tarp and uh, just really like kind of trying to be nice about it, but not really. And well, well, they the other tribe. And yeah, I, I noted that one specifically because it's it's amazing. She's, of course, taking the tarp because that's arguably the most valuable thing you can have in Survivor. Well, pillows, at least, too. At least for your. <laughs> oh, I, I get I shake every time someone chooses comfort over necessity like that I'll take pills over a tarp you are an idiot take the tarp and we're so a comfort for- tribe man <laughs> and of course she takes she decides to take the tarp and and they're pissed off because they're losing their tarps they don't want to help her but then you're leaving someone from your rival tribe and you're trusting them to not completely mess up your your shelter which she basically does i mean she's to take off basically every single palm frond 
to, to do it. And she goes, Oh yeah, I left him right there. Right. So you just put him right back up. But it, it probably would have gone smoother on the, the rebuild if they had, had helped her take it down. But, but yeah, I love those kind of inner tribe dynamics. I think even if you're, if you're not going to do a swap or anything like that before the merge, you've got to do something that mixes the blood a little bit so that it's not just a straight original tribe numbers game. So if, if a tribe comes in, you know, eight to four or whatever it might be, that it's not just going to run through the minority, you know, boom, 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 boom. And then it's just, it's just boring that way that if you get people who can flip the game, and building some sort of relationship, even if it's not a full-on new tribe, something that gets people talking or whatever it might be with other tribe members, something that can create suspicion on your own tribe, maybe plant the seeds of a of a relationship um, with with the minority if you're if that's if that's the situation is, and then of course you get people pissed off because you're taking their stuff. So there's going to be some sort of emotion, whether it's a positive connection or a negative whatever however it goes you know that's that's what you got to do and I, th- I think it's a really fun way fun simple way to to do that yeah no no complaints with me on this idea um you know and I, if i remember right i think one of the tribes was winning most of the stuff early on too um so you get kind of that dynamic of can this losing tribe hang on and Mm-hmm. stick it out you know well everything is going against them so it added in that way yeah it would that almost made it made it better because it would have been pretty boring if they're just stealing the tarp back and forth you know yep. and, unless they both had one but if they're stealing you know whether it's bag a bag of rice or cooking utensils or whatever it might be just kind of if there's obvious best items they're just kind of going back and forth with that um and then the other thing that I like is that it it brings in the humanity, I guess, for lack of a better word. You know, do you focus on just helping your tribe or do you want to actively hurt the other tribe? Like if you can deprive them of all their food, do you do that? Or does the person inside of you say, well, maybe that's a little too far just from a from a person-to-person standpoint? And so any, anything that makes people think – or that can cause disagreements, you know, I'm, I'm all for. Yeah. And, and in this case, um, do you, well, I can kind of tie this into my thoughts on Sandra too, but if you have anything else that you, you know, like little reminders or anything that we might've missed, um, so far, like that you want to throw in before I get going on that? Uh, no, I think, I mean, the big thing obviously is the outcast, but, we, okay. we won't forget that. So yeah, go okay. off. Yeah. Um, so it was at first, the first time I watched this season, I thought Sandra was a really weak winner. Like she just didn't really, didn't really do anything, you know, just was riding, riding on coattails as some other contestants have said throughout the series. Um, not, not about her, but just the phrase being used. And uh-huh. um yeah, I, I just was not impressed. Um, even at final tribal, she was talking about how I'm not responsible for any of you sitting over there. And in today's game, that would be a pretty horrible <laughs> argument to make, but, um, exactly. given the, I guess, given where they were in the progression of the show, it made a lot more sense to try and say like, Hey, don't, don't blame me for anything. I'm on your side. But 
the fact that she was able to very early on go and pretty much steal the only valuable thing or one of the only valuable things that her opponents had. Um, and then like continue to not go out of her way to be nice and even get into some very noticeable vo- vocal verbal arguments and to be able to get enough votes to win and, and at least set herself up against someone she could beat at final tribal, I thought was super impressive the second time I went through and watched it. And um, I just, I, I liked her so much more the second time through. It's kind of like you, you know, with Courtney on China um, where the first time you don't really notice or you don't appreciate the work that they're doing or the character that they're playing. And man, I, I just, pretty much loved everything about Sandra on this season, especially the spilling of the fish and another, uh, <laughs> another gold moment. Yeah. Where she just looks at the camera sheepishly as you know, she knows it's her, but everyone else is mad at each other. And yeah, just those Setting little the things. stage for a similar move in game changers too. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. one, that one's completely intentional. <laughs> <laughs> the sugar, the sugar, McKinnon yeah. and JT, but yeah, the fish one, being basically mostly an accident because she didn't mean to dump it. <laughs> yeah. She just wanted to move it yeah. and then accidentally spills it. And then she, then she just has to deal with it. Well, she, she let Krista take the blame for that one. Yeah. But which, that, was, that was, that was her like ally. Yeah. Which, which is, which is hilarious. But then it's, <laughs> you know, she was saying, do I stand up and say it was me and I take the heat or do I let my partner take the heat? She made the right choice. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. She did, but it, it's just hilarious. That mo- that whole moment was 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 fantastic, and then to see that pay off, what twenty seven seasons later. Now I don't know if there was any any rem- remembrance of that in her mind that she thought, oh, this worked wonders in my fir- in you know in my first season. Wonder if it'll it'll do it again here. If that's just kind of how she thinks, and just kind of made sense to her to do that. But it's kind of fun to think about that she was taking something from from so long ago. And, and pulling it in, I just like to believe that 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 was kind of then in, in, ingrained in her mind to, to try later on. Yeah, every every time she's on, she seems to have a little something in store uh, as far as like instigating or just, you know, weaseling her way out of something that she could get blamed for. I know the heroes versus villains moment that sticks out to me was Russell's hat and <laughs> like just... You know, you can you can always expect her to do some little thing or two that will get under someone's skin and work out in her favor in the end. She knows how to work it. I mean, she I feel like she has maybe an underrated social game because she's more abrasive or can be than a lot of you know the celebrated social players like like a Michelle Fitzgerald or Andrea Balky who are just nice friendly fun people and sandra's all of that but she she can be a lot more confrontational but yeah, she knows I, she, but she knows how to, how to work any social situation that comes up yeah in the game. i think throughout the seasons and we've talked about them not portraying a good social game as well as they could but through four seasons now of watching sandra play i think they've shown enough moments where you can tell that like she 
talks to and knows everyone there with her. And, you know, like you might not love her, but you know that Sandra is Sandra and you can count on her. Like she's going to be loyal if you're with her. And I, I think her social game is off the charts. I think it's got to be one of the best of all time. See, I like that you mentioned the way you phrased that because I feel like when people talk about good social games, they only talk about the nice person who's friends with everybody. And and that, of course, can work. I mean, it worked for Michelle. It worked wonders for Sarah in Game Changers. Um, but there's more to effective social play than just being nice and friendly. And and Sandra's got got that in spades, where even if you might get under people's skin, you can still maneuver out of those situations, not and not just by, you know, being so like surface level friendly. And not a lot of players can can balance both sides like she can. Yeah, just and and it might be that the second time through, I was more paying attention to what Sandra was doing and was able to pick out the little details like that. But super impressed with how she played that season. Oh yeah. I I'd agree completely with that, that on the rewatch, the, I I had her as a pretty low winner the first time through as well, but then watching it again, when you can, when you know, she's obviously going to win and you can kind of watch for particular moves or moments at certain times in the game. And it just plays a lot better when you kind of know what to look for. And not that that should necessarily increase or decrease how quote unquote good of a win it was but when you kind of when you know the game a little more and and you know what people respect and what the jury likes especially early on in the in the game because i'd watched that for the first time for the first time after watching a lot of the more recent seasons so i wasn't wasn't as used to the more simple straightforward gameplay that kind of defined most of the early seasons so it was kind of a shock to me, but then having the whole series under my belt, going back to watch it and kind of knowing what that era was like, you do appreciate what she was doing a lot more. Yep. Yep. Okay. So the big, the big thing that Pearl Islands had that this honestly would maybe battle for top 10 for me. If the outcasts didn't exist and We've gone off on Redemption Island, Edge of Extinction before, so I don't think it'll come as any surprise that, especially for me, that I hate when you get voted out, you still get to come back in the game. Now, one uh, the Outcasts, to their credit, this twist did a few things better than the others. Already know what you're going to say. But did a few things a hell of a lot worse. Well, okay. <laughs> one, one, you don't know they exist. That's that's a huge huge bummer for me. Um, Edge of Extinction the first time they didn't know what happened they didn't know it was there. Um, Redemption Island at least you know it's part of the game. Edge of Extinction Winners at War they knew it was part of the game. This one you have no idea and this will this theme will come up in our next season as well for for a different sort of twist. And and there was in an interview with Propes later I think it was a few years later. Now I don't. I'm pretty sure that it was from from him, Probes himself, that when they were voted out, they did either go to Ponderosa or a hotel, and they got to shower and eat a little bit, so they weren't just living on the island. Um, so I hate that 
if you're going to be in the game, but out of the game, you should be in the game at least. Um, but the few things that they, that they did better with the outcasts than the other ones did is that they did it one time and before the merge. It was not an ongoing thing that you know did it once and then did it again at final six, seven, or whenever it might have been. And they had to they had to legitimately win their way back in. It wasn't just there's a challenge for one person to come back. It was they had to beat the other two tribes. So if they beat both, two players got in. They beat one, one player got in. And so there was a chance that no one would come back into the game. That was great. And then they had I'm to... Gonna, I'm going to... Yeah, well, you're going to say it too. And right then they now. had to vote themselves into the game. Yep. So it was, yep. it was a tribe challenge. And then the outcasts as a tribe voted for in this case, two members to go back into the game. So those were a couple things that they did better. But again, anything where someone's voted voted out of the game and they come back, not a fan, um, but this has a few things in its favor that makes it a little more palatable than than the Edge or Redemption Island. Yeah, um, so my first watch of this season was after I saw Edge of Extinction for the first time. <laughs> And I don't know if like that's why the outcast twist didn't really bother me that much was because I had already seen it executed more poorly. <laughs> so like it, it wasn't, I wasn't offended at watching it. Um, so I guess that's good. But when, when you first said this, you know, twist did something a little better. I, I immediately went to, having to win your way back in against both tribes and needing people to vote you back into the game. And I think that, you know, it, it's not just, you can rack up a bunch of advantages and then, you know, play solid in your challenge to get back in. And then, you know, you have an idol coming back into the game. It, it was, I, I really liked it felt more than any other time that you really had to earn your way back in. Um, so that was, that was a redeeming factor there. But like you said, when you don't know what's going on and then on top of that, just them getting to eat and shower, like in between. No, I, 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 you didn't go into great detail. Um, and I don't think it was like they were feasting on food every night, but I think they got, they got something still which, though, which, yeah. which yeah. So it was mitigated a little bit, but still very, very much opposed to that. If indeed that is, that is true. Yep. So I, I am pretty much in agreement with you on all that stuff, but I, I specifically remember having to get voted back into the game after winning a challenge. And um, I like that a lot more than the last couple of things that they've tried. Yes. And I, it seems like probes has finally gotten the message that fans don't like this. I mean, he, he was honestly, and we'll probably get into this a little more with Winners at War, um, but he seemed honestly like surprised at, at how negative the feedback was to that twist. And it seems like it really was the work of the fans that got him to kind of fall back and fall away from that because he seemed in, intent on keeping it around for some time, if not every season, you know, fairly often it seemed like. And then he said, yep, I guess we're going to listen to the fans and we're not going to have it. I'll, I'll try to find those exact quotes um, when we get to winners at war, but it only takes what 33 seasons for them to figure out that, that, that this kind of twist doesn't work. But here, I, I got a good one. I'm going to propose a new twist here. Okay. It's called 
double-edged sword and there's two edges of extinction operating at the same time unbeknownst to anyone in the game they compete in a challenge to get back in if the tribe of remaining players loses they all leave the game and it's finished by the players from both edges of extinction <laughs> I, I might stop watching the show <laughs> if, if that happened uh, we'll give it a try in uh, season 94 yeah if they can make it till they can make it 54 more seasons sure 20 give it 25 years or whatever that would be sure why why not at that point they'll, they'll need new ideas but did did you come up with that, come up with that off the cup there yeah just you know my brain uh likes to go in a lot of different directions and having survivor conversations so figured i'd throw that out there see how you felt i hate it i'm i'm glad <laughs> all right a few just a few last things to uh to finish up here um it we did see fair play and burton kind of take control strategically after the after the merge um, you know, they, they got to they really flip the game, take out big threat and Rupert. So there was some strong strategic play there. Um, but the, kind of the, the main couple points, at least for me to finish off with, there's the word scramble immunity challenge where where Probst gives Burton the win ultimately by mistake. And they have to go back and finish the challenge afterwards. I don't think that's ever happened at another point in the show, which is hilarious. I yeah. wondered about that with some of the puzzles because he's, he's just got to call it. And a lot of the times it's one tiny thing that's off. And unless they, I don't know if they, I don't know how they would edit around that. If he does, if he has ever messed up in like a winning puzzle, but that one's just hilarious. Cause, <laughs> cause he does it. He double checked himself. Go, no, sorry guys. Come, come, come back. We got we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. And to their I, credit, uh, they, they took it well. You know, Burton agreed to it. He goes, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, that's right. Didn't try to call Probst out, say, hey, you called it. I should get it. Um, but great moment there. And then, the, do you remember the, the final four immunity challenge? When the final so, four played against the jury? In, no. In, in trivia. And if, if, if the jury won then no one would get immunity. Huh. And oh, I don't remember that. I kind of like it in theory. Um, because again, kind of tying into our next season, Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, it leaves the potential for a completely, I guess if you will, pure round where you can't rely on an idol or immunity or anything. You got to get by on your strategy, your social game, whatever it might be. But a final four trivia challenge just isn't all that compelling. And I don't, there's really no fair way to play against the jury in like a physical challenge after they've been rested and eating at Ponderosa for days or weeks, depending on what point of the jury they, they reach there. But if they could find something, you know, if there's like a time trial, they have to finish a challenge in a certain amount of time or or they lose. 
something like that. I wouldn't mind seeing them try this again, but it would definitely need some tweaking. Yeah, I, ugh. I'm really, I know who was in the final four, but I don't remember this being how they got to three. So, um, yeah, I'm not really, I guess I don't really have any thoughts on it off the top of my head, but, uh, I, I do like the idea of, you know, not everyone in the final four having a very good chance, like, you know, kind of throwing a curveball at them where they do have to earn their way in just by playing survivor and not by doing something, I guess, uh, well, we're, we know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> let, let's not pretend we don't know. I'm talking about a fire making challenge. Um, but yeah, you know, I, uh, uh, the more, I, the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. I'll, I'll say, I hope they don't do this again. I would agree. I hope they don't do it because I don't trust them to do it in, in an effective way. Okay. It would take like a perfectly planned challenge for it to work out the way or in a way for, at least for me to, to enjoy and accept it. Um, but I do like the idea of, of a tribal where, where nobody is immune. That, that idea really speaks to me as like a, a, a fun once in a random while kind of twist. Yeah. You really have to be set up well to make it out of that all right any any final thoughts on pearl island before we get into second chance no man i have i need to move this season up that's my thoughts i just had so much fun talking about this it's it's such a fun season honestly if if i think if someone were to were to say i'm gonna start survivor give me one early season to start with i might give them pearl islands yeah, I'd say go go Amazon Pearl Islands All Stars back to back to back and see if you like it. All right, for my second chance, I've got four. I've got Dara, Krista, Tawana, and Burton. Ooh, okay. Um, you know, I I could definitely go for Burton. Um, you know, he seemed to be engaged, like especially early on, I think that was a little more rare than it is today, but yeah, really liked him. Um, outside of him. Oh man. I don't know. I, he might be the only one for me. All right. That's fair. And then for other returnees, is the the ones would be Savage, Sandra, and Fairplay. Any interest in seeing any of them come back? Fairplay. It'll never happen, but Fairplay. No, not as long as Propes is involved. In the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get enough of that guy. And the sad part is, you know, being that he did come back, it was almost like they dangled the carrot and and just took it away so early. So never really got a true second viewing of fair play. No, no, sir. Um, I would take Sandra, but my, my stance on anyone who was on winners at war is it would, it would need to be 
like a legends type season at this point. Even like a yeah. fans versus favorites, I don't know that I'd go for any of the. It's got to be all returnees and you know the the biggest and the baddest. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. Um, I almost think uh, I almost think that anyone on winners in war or winners at war needs to be done. Um, I don't want to say that definitively because there are a few that I would definitely want to see play again, but it's just like a, you know, a passing of the torch almost from some of the earlier generations to the later ones. But um, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. That'll be a fun target point when we get to winners at war. So we can yeah. maybe even go through one by one. Yeah. Um, yeah, on who we'd want, but I can't agree with that because, like, as much as I love Tony, he went out playing arguably the best game ever, if not the best, one of the best. And you know, do you want the King of Survivor to just finish on the mountaintop like that? You want him to come back and try it again? Um, he can't play again. I need to remember him as he was in his purest form that's the thing he's just so he's so much i just finished rewatching kagayan and i mean that the man is just incredible <laughs> an absolute treasure i would love i want to see how many of our late seasons just dive into a tony tailspin <laughs> i mean i don't know how they can't but um <laughs> but then i i would take savage again i'm, I'm re-watching cambodia right now and he's still in at this point but you know he he got kind of he got most screwed, I think, by the outcasts. And, yeah, and he gets he gets a little bit swap screwed in Cambodia. Some of it's his, of his own making, um, but the man's just a worker. He he loves the game. He puts in all the effort. I'd like to see him get one more shot at it. All right, all right, yeah. Okay, so that'll close out uh, Pearl Islands, and. Moving on to our 16th ranked season, um, which we mentioned briefly earlier, season 35, 2017's Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers, won by Ben Drebergen with zero controversy about that win. One of the most widely accepted wins in the show's history, I think. Fair and square. Can be safely said. Um, My 21st ranked season, Jared's 13th. Very curious to see, hear some reasons as to that. First, that's a quick quick thought at the top for me. Real dumb theme. Real dumb. Um, I know it kind of comes and goes how much the theme actually plays into the show. You know, the millennials Gen X theme. Probes really tries to, tries to force that in in some really terrible ways. Um, but this one, it kind of sets the stage. And then it, if it fades away, great. But it just didn't really do do much for me from a theme standpoint. Not that that affects the season too much. Um, you know, like worlds apart, you know, that didn't really come into play a ton. You know, Mike bought into it a lot. Um, but just as far as themes go, this one was hard to say, and that's about as much as I can I can say for it. Um some some good characters though. You know, you've got you got Ryan, Devin, Allie, Chrissy, Ben obviously is a character, Dr. Mike, uh, Lauren Rimmer, some really, some really good good people um a lot of second chance candidates there um but do you want to jump just right into the fire making or the or ben's end game or do you want to build up to that first well i can go into a little bit of detail on why i 
like the season in general. Um, sure. First, when you said heroes versus healers versus hustlers, and it's hard to say this, it kind of reminded me of uh, our our talk on the no collar tribe, where you have like two actual things, and then you just make a thing up to make the season work. <laughs> yep. And this is like they they had heroes versus villains, but like they just had heroes, and then they needed to make up two things that no one had ever really <laughs> heard of. And uh, I mean, I guess we know what healers and hustlers are, but it, you know, it just didn't. I it was a weird commitment to make on theme. Like I, there has to be something better than this, but um, in the end, the cast did work out. So I guess, however you get there, fine by me, but um, for me, this is, this was the first season that I had watched since season one. And like, it's what got me back into the series. And I I didn't even pick it up at the beginning of this season. I probably picked it up around the merge and I just like, I'd be, you know, watching it with my mom and my brother hanging out at her house. And, and I'd be asking myself all these questions. Well, why did they make this move? Like, what's, what's this like okay so they're merging what's what does that mean and who's from which tribe and how does that all work out and why is this really skinny guy still there i feel like (laughs) and you know just like all of these all these questions that um really got me thinking about the show and i i did like the cast um and it was so different from what i thought it was in terms of gameplay and like that that just took me by surprise and really drew me in so um you know i've i've probably since this was the first one that i had seen since season one i'd probably i've probably seen this one as much as any other season um and obviously you know psych principle the whole familiarity thing you know the more you see something or the more you see someone or talk to someone the more you like it or them and that could be what's going on here but um yeah i just i i think it's just a solid season and um they could it could fit anywhere in the teens probably for me so 13 on the high end um obviously like the more you and i talk about these you're kind of swaying me on some of them and and i'm realizing things that i liked or didn't like and um you know definitely room for some movement but um yeah overall really liked it and uh i don't know if you uh, i'll leave it at that for now and if you have anything specific you want to get to uh, i'll just chime in as needed yeah well i'm I'm glad you mentioned the kind of changing of opinion or kind of reevaluating because i don't know that because i'm kind of doing the same as we go through these but i don't know that i'm saying oh this one should be higher or lower but i'm realizing that there the tiers or kind of chunks of seasons are a lot closer for me than, than maybe originally thought. Obviously for me, there's the top two and then maybe three through five, six through 10 and like 11 through 20 are all pretty close. They're all good. They're really interchangeable. Yeah. And then I don't have my list in front of me, but 20 through I don't know, 24, 25, 26 are all pretty close. 
And then it's really only like the bottom five to seven, maybe five to 10 that just like, yeah, just forget those for the most part. But even there, it's maybe only like the bottom one or two Thailand and an Island of the idols. Yeah. And idols only because of the, the whole Dan of it all that there's so much good in so much of these seasons that like we've said before, even a bad season of survivors is still probably going to be pretty damn good and fun and entertaining. And, you know, I, I could come up with any number of reasons to put my 13th season at 17 and my 17th season at 11 and whatever it might be, just rearrange them in kind of any order and make, make the argument for whatever list order they, they result in. And, even though there are things that I really don't like about the season, I still, still enjoy it. Still enjoy it greatly. Um, there's still lots, lots of fun, fun talking points. And we've got Alan ball and JP on the beach. Alan is convinced JP has got an idol makes him strip down on the beach <laughs> to prove that he doesn't, which doesn't prove he doesn't have an idol that can be hidden <laughs> somewhere else. It just means he didn't literally have it on his body at that exact moment in time. That moment was just fantastic. Yep. Uh, man, you just never know what you're going to get. Um, and yeah, I, I guess my, what I remember more from this season was just probably the post merge stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm going through. Uh, I seem to remember it. it being. I was gonna talk here while while you look through your notes. Yep. There, at least early on, there are some like big or memorable moments, but they don't really fit into the larger story of the season. So the Allen and JP um, moment, and then JP. I have go- a. JP goes through a stretch where he says, and things like that after about three sentences in one episode, (laughs) one of the most invisible edits ever, which is just surprising that someone makes it that far with so little to contribute. Um, Jessica just announcing good for her credit to her, but just announcing that she's a virgin. You know, she begins a sentence with as a virgin, which is incredible. Love that. She's so comfortable and confident in that fantastic but it's just so unexpected because who cares honestly and just and to begin a sentence like that and then and then her her boy toy her buddy cole gives out so much information he he in is ex, in exchange for trust including jessica's advantage and then it just spreads like wildfire obviously yeah. i mean there was so much poor gameplay that was kind of frustrating from a strategy enthusiast standpoint but it was so much kind of fun to watch like you're just watching people self-inflict so much pain on their game yeah so one of the things i remember actually involved cole and um i i hope i'm getting this right because it's such a strange thing to happen but um they were all on a reward challenge and is this the spaghetti Yes. Yep. Spaghetti yeah, thing. Down. This this reward is fantastic. Great moment. <laughs> Great moment. So yeah, what was it? They they were all they all had to go eat off of a single plate of spaghetti one person at a time, and whoever was there, like no one else could be around, right? Yep. 
Yep. And so you have to like figure out how much you're going to eat. Um, you don't want to make anyone else upset, but you want to make sure you eat en- enough. And then um, like, I think Cole was the one who ended up getting to the bottom of the plate. Right. And he saw a clue or an advantage on the plate itself. I think I'm, I hope I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah, it was, it was a clue to an idol, I believe. I'm going okay. to try to pull up that episode here, but yeah. yeah. And um, so, so at that moment, you obviously have a huge decision to make and it's, do I share this? with the other people that are here because it's inevitable that they will eventually see it or do I not share and just hope that the people after me don't tell anyone else either. Um, That's probably what I would have gone with is just not saying anything and then talking with the other people that saw it after the reward was over. But Cole takes option three and um throws the plate away and puts the remaining spaghetti directly on the tablecloth as if nobody will notice. So uh, Ryan hides the plate. Oh, Ryan hid the plate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think Cole just like tried to cover it with the napkin. Okay. So, okay. Well, I, that, changes everything that's that's ryan then wow um but yeah i just i love that eventually the spaghetti ended up directly on the table and uh it was just like we're supposed to pretend that nothing yep, happened yep. Here. so so cole cole found the clue um first and he he covered up the so he kept the plate, but then put the napkin over the plate under the spaghetti, which is ridiculous. That, <laughs> um, yeah. and then and then Chrissy found found the clue, and Ryan found the clue, and then Ryan hid the plate in the bushes, and just <laughs> and then just just left it on the table or, or on the on the cloth, which which it, it's a it's a hilarious predicament to be in because ideally you find it as the first person because then then you can do whatever you want you can throw it away and if someone says hey what happened to the plate you say oh there was no plate like i didn't have a plate either or whatever it might whatever you want to say it's way easier to, to deal with it but the farther along you get you know if you're the third or fourth person and you hide the plate everyone before you knows there was a plate yep and it just it just makes a really fun dynamic of one what do you do and two, how do you explain it? And three, how does everyone react? You know, four, five, six down the line, and and it made for a great idle dash back at the beach too. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they ever had a discussion about there not being a plate. Not like that we the, saw. Yeah, the people that that ate the spaghetti after the glue was found. I feel like they just never talked about it. Now, the one thing is Joe, Joe ate last and he, he was a pretty savvy player. He probably realized that, that there should have been a plate or something other than a piece of cloth. 
but I don't know what he could do at that point. Yeah. I yeah. would I would bet that there was maybe some discussion, but it maybe it was it probably ended up being a fairly easy thing to to cut out. Okay. Because by that point, there were enough gamers left that some would have said, "Hey, why is there no plate eat off, eat this off of? Something's not right here." Yeah. I feel bad for Devin though. He got picked to go first. Got got his food in, and then just left and didn't didn't find anything. Yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough, but I bet it made it more hilarious for him to watch it later, or or more painful. <laughs> well, or more painful. But I I would just if I was in that spot, and I just went up and ate spaghetti and left like it was a completely normal thing, and then saw everything that happened after <laughs> I ate the spaghetti. I, I wouldn't be able to watch it without laughing. I think it'd be like a, a sad laugh because I think you would, at least at least in my mind, I would find it objectively funny, but then I would also think, oh man, I would play the what if game for myself for sure. You know, what yeah. if I'd found that clue and hid the plate? No one else would have, would have thought about that. I would have had an idle clue all to myself. But yeah, I mean, the way it played out was, was hysterical that I feel like Devin is... He's got the right attitude where he'd fi- he'd find the humor in it. Yeah, I I hope so. All right, sp- I guess speaking of Devin, um, what did you think of just like kind of in general him? You know, he was trying to play up the the surfer bro attitude, and it 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 honestly I thought it worked. Um, you know, I liked him. I liked Devin a lot, and and you because you see a lot of players kind of like him. I would say like Sebastian from Ghost Island, a pretty close comp, but he was legitimately the surfer bro who <laughs> didn't really play the game that much. Like, I think he at one point says, I have no strategy. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, that might be the exact word for word phrase. No, he that says. in itself is a strategy. <laughs> um, but no, Devin, Devin, he had, his, he had his finger on the pulse of the game for from, from almost day one, it seemed like. Yep. And you know, if he could have pulled out that fire making or if there was no fire making, I think Chrissy would have won, but I think he could have given her a run for her money, though. Yeah, he had some good relationships, too. Um, definitely knew what he was doing. And yeah, I I got no uh, no bad things to say about Devin. Um, some other. Um, Dr. Mike, I mean, we got to talk about Dr. Yep. Mike. Yeah. One of the most hilarious characters at least in recent survivor seasons if not all time um a couple moments that that stick out one when (laughs) so after joe had already effectively played to draw votes to him to play an idol (laughs) dr mike tries to do the same thing completely unnecessarily and it just just go, just, it's just a disaster. It has no need. He plays it. I mean, everyone's just so confused as to what is even happening. He just wanted to make a move and he couldn't help himself. Um, then there's the part. So Lauren Rimmer finds the, the two idle halves, gives one of them to Dr. Mike, and then, <laughs> then he just throws it in the fire at Tribal. Great moment for him there. Uh, I mean, he is, he is a, he's a clown in the most, like lovable way possible. I think I, 
I cannot get enough Dr. Mike. Yep. Yeah. I, and just, of course, uh, I think he had some good urology puns in there too. Oh, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, just, yeah. What part of the, part of the solid cast that we were talking about where a lot of these people don't right now stick out as like, Oh yeah, he's one of the greats or anything like that. But if you get enough Ryan's and Devin's and Dr. Mike's and Cole's in there, like um, then you've, you mentioned Lauren a couple of times, like it's, it can turn out to be pretty great. He, he's fantastic. Um, he does have the, the great quote too. Um, we keep teasing Ben's end game. Ben goes looking for another idol and, and Mike, I wrote down the exact quote I've looked and couldn't find it. So Ben won't either. He's not going to find a second idol in a row <laughs> just as they, uh, let him, as they let him go off searching alone. I know they've talked about that. And after the fact, because that's what kind of everyone got on them about is he found an idol. He found a second idol. Why was nobody just watching him constantly and said, you can't, you know, you try, he's out there for hours. He loses you, but, but still the, at least with the, at least with the, how the edit portrayed it, they seem so unconcerned about Ben's, idol hunting and then for him to say well if i couldn't find it he's not gonna find it either they must have missed samoa but i i mean it is i guess if you want to conserve your energy and focus on other things that's your choice but don't say that it can't happen man poor yeah poor decision making but uh hey gotta gotta decide what's best for yourself i guess yeah, well, apparently playing guard dog on the consensus next target. And the only way to save himself is an idle or immunity. I would feel like bird dogging him over the idle hunt would be kind of top priority even if you do it in shifts. Got to think outside the box. But I guess so. And I guess not taking the threat seriously is definitely outside the box. Thinking. <laughs> um. Let me just see if I'm missing anything else before we get into, oh, the loved ones challenge. Do you remember this one? Potentially the single worst challenge survivor has ever done. Mm. This was when they drew, they drew rocks. That sounds bad. It sounds like a bad start. So you draw with your loved one. If you match, you're safe. If you're different, you're out. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd be any good at that or not. (laughs) I mean, why, why, why do they do this? Why? (laughs) I mean, there's, there's so much natural emotion in the loved ones challenge anyway, that it kind of makes the challenges themselves more fun. And I think there's a, there's more at at one, one point I I do want to get more into the loved ones challenge kind of philosophy behind it because there is interesting strategy there of if maybe you don't want to win that challenge for a multitude of reasons. And, and I really don't like any challenge that is 100% luck. I mean, there, there was 0% skill or strategy in this one. It's, it's all chance. I don't mind some chance, some, some chance can, can throw a little wrench in the best challenges. I mean, chance time in Mario party. I love it. 
one of my favorite, one of my favorite things, just those chaos into the, into the game. And, and just this, this one, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know if they had a challenge set that broke or wasn't working quite right or what, what happened. This was just, it was just awful. Well, even if you don't want to win the challenge, like you can just not win it then, you know, like where you're saying, yeah, it might, I, I think that's what you're saying is it would take some heat off of you if you, yeah, you know, didn't th- there's, win. there's definitely a strong argument for never winning the loved ones challenge. Yeah. But in, at least it's your, on your choice. Spot, depending yeah. on your spot in the game. But yeah, this one or, or some people maybe conserve some energy in challenges in order to win this challenge or they find kind of that extra gear because they get to see their, their wife or their dad or whoever it might be. But this one, no matter how badly you want to win or not win, it's completely out of your hands. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously maybe I just blocked it out, but uh, yeah, not a fan of that. If, uh, if that's how that went down. Yeah. Not great. Okay. I think it's probably time to talk about our boy Ben and in his end game, three idols and the fire making. Um, so just a brief refresher on the fire making challenge. This was introduced in this season and has since become a staple at the final four um, in every season since. So at the final four immunity challenge, whoever wins that challenge rather than just having extra power to vote out the last person, they choose someone to take with them to the final tribal council and the remaining players battle it out in a fire making contest and or fire making challenge. And whoever wins then goes to final tribal with the other two. Um, very controversial the first time around still is, but the most heat no pun intended, um, definitely was with this first one, mostly because the players didn't know about it. Chrissy didn't know until she won the final four immunity that this is what was happening. And the only reason Devin and Ryan knew is because Chrissy told them she wanted Devin to be able to practice before going up against Ben in the, in the fire. And, I think we're going to have different opinions on the fire making challenge, which, which I like um, should make for a good little discussion here. But if you're going to do it, like we said, with, with the edge and the outcast, that kind of thing, you've got to know ahead of time. And every season since they have known um, so that at least, and you know, how could they not after you watch the show and it stays in there, but it it is a part of the show that everyone knows about, but here you've got to be able to factor that in to your strategy in such a monumental game shifting moment, you know, cause you can choose even. So even if Ben was going to make the final four anyway, because of the idols, you, she could have tried to keep, if there's a stronger fire maker or if Ryan was just that bad, she could have tried to maneuver and keep certain people that would be better off against Ben and fire. Um, but you, you can, it fundamentally shifts how your end game strategy plays out. And, and you've just got to know something this big 
ahead of time? Yeah. Um, I think part of what I didn't like about the not knowing was that, you know, it, it's not just that you don't factor it into your strategy, but like they had all been trying to get Ben out for so long and Chrissy was the one to do it. And that should have been a huge game ceiling moment for her. And it just, the, the fact that they're going to let him or leave him in, have him compete. And you knew it was something he was good at. It just, it just robbed the moment from Chrissy. And I think ultimately worked against her, not just because Ben was there in the final three, but I feel like that moment that Chrissy won turned out to not be as big of a moment since Ben eventually did make it to the final three anyway. I hadn't thought about that angle, but I liked that a lot. Yeah. It, it did kind of diminish her huge win. Cause that was what her, was that her fourth immunity win? Yeah, too? she was, she was a monster. So she was just beasting the challenges. I think, I think she tied the record at least for female individual wins. Um, so that that by itself is impressive. And like you said, this was the moment to take out Ben, who was an upside down you away from winning the challenge himself. Um, but but yeah, that really did kind of deflate deflate the win. But um, in general, though, just kind of going forward and how it is now, are you have to pick a side, yes to fire or no to fire, which side do you fall on? Yes, but not every season. Okay. Um, is that just so players don't know, or do you like the possibility of a surprise final two? Um, I I just don't want to see the same thing every season, especially at the at the very end of the game. So would you? But so then, would you want in any season that they have it? Would you want them to know? on day one at yep, the merge yep yep uh, yeah just let them know or, or you know we're doing a final three with the fire making like that's that's totally fine um i or i guess like now that we're past the first one it's a little different where if they don't know so like you know that it's a possibility but you don't know if you're getting it for sure. And I think actually I might, I might side more with that. Um, whereas, you know, this being the first time that they had ever done this fire making challenge, like at the final four um, and not because of a tie vote, like, yep. um, it wasn't anyone's radar or something that could yeah, conceivably yeah. be a thing. Yeah. And it's, I guess I would, equate that to not knowing exactly when the merge is going to happen, but knowing that it could be coming up and you might want to factor that into your gameplay, but you also might not want to make that big of a risk assuming it's going to happen. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess it wouldn't necessarily have to be known ahead of time as long as everyone knows it's a possibility. Yeah. I think if they were going to kind of mix and match it, they then they couldn't say yeah because then if they don't say on day one that there is a fire then they think oh there's no fire yeah but it but if they just said however they did it they announced it 
at the finale of the most recent season or day one that fire is a possibility going forward, but it's no guarantee from season to season. Um, that could be one way to do it. I would fall on the side of not at all. Just get rid of it for, for a few reasons. Um, one, it, I, it allows players to potentially get through the entire, if not entire post-merger, entire end game without surviving any pure rounds. There's always going to be a way for them to make it through. I feel like you should have to get through or have the chance to get through one round with, without anything to kind of save you that that should yeah. at least be a possibility, you know, and if you can't manage your threat level or you can't win when you need to win, you know, that then you deserve to, you deserve to get voted out. And it, it adds so much drama, you know, to someone who comes up just short. I mean, like I said with Ben, he he had an upside down U. They were spelling out the word immunity on some sort of balanced platform deal. And and he had it, but he had the U upside down. And that would have been the difference between winning a million dollars and being the final member of the jury. And then that moment is just neutered by the fire challenge. That I mean, think of think of the emotion and just the drama that would ensue just from, from that being the cause of Ben not winning. And then um, oh, I'm having a blank brain fart here. Um, well, I try to think of what my last point was. Well, it was literally I'll, right there. I can, I can jump in with my thoughts on the fire making while you're thinking about, Oh that. no, I got it. I got it. Um, okay. So the reason they put the fire making challenge in was because the production didn't like seeing players like Ben just always voted out at final four right before the final tribal council. And that was the same reason that they went from a final two to a final three, the perceived biggest threat to win would get vote. And let's say one final three immunity was voted out at three and didn't make to make it to the final two. So then they changed it to a final three and then they did this for the exact same reason. The big threats were always voted out at final four. So they wanted to give them a chance to, to save themselves, which I understand from a production standpoint that you, that, if there's a more interesting player, you pro they probably want them to be in the final. But from the gameplay standpoint, it kind of sets a tricky precedent that they can just change what they want to favor certain types of players. And now I don't think they did this specifically for Ben. I don't. I believe they had the fire challenge set in stone prior to the season, and that it worked out. That it was that it favored the type of player they wanted to favor, that it kind of worked out the way they, they wanted it to. Um, but then are they going to do something later at final five? You know, if, if the Ben player gets voted out at five, are they going to do something at final five to let someone continue on through? Um, that I, I honestly think they should go, they should go back to final two. Um, Cause as, as Dalton Ross of entertainment weekly puts it, which I am on board with hundred percent, a, a versus B is inherently more interesting than choose one of the above. And that's why that's his big reason for favoring the final two over three. And I'm, I'm with him on that. And that I think is the main reason for that, but it, it just kind of lives in, I guess, an icky feeling in, in, you know, in my little 
sour sour taste in my mouth that they just kind of change the rules to favor the players' production likes, and that yeah. you know if they're gonna if they do it twice, who's to say they won't do it a third time? Yeah, um, yeah, I that's uh, that's an interesting way to put it. I don't I don't know if I like the idea of final two more or less i i don't know i i have to think about that one but um or, as as, or mix up like like you're saying maybe don't do fire every time and and as long as the fire is a thing you they have to do a final three but mix up when they go to a two versus three yeah okay um yeah anything anything to kind of keep us invested well not invested but keep us wondering what's going to happen towards the end of the season um because a lot of these you can kind of see how it's going to play out um so i'll i'll say this then about the fire making so you said you don't necessarily like it because you would like to see the the front runners have to survive one tribal just having to win or um having to make it through on strategy and does that mean see i i would still be on board with a fire making challenge if you had to use your idol with you know one more person left than than usual too oh so right now it's at final five make make the adults final six yeah i think that'd be a way to mitigate it but i i like the idea of the last round before final tribal being that round because okay. I, I think that would be the most dramatic moment to do it and it wouldn't at least at least in my mind it wouldn't quite hit the same if you had that at final six and then final five is a pure round if you will and then the final four is fire um i think having the the last round before final tribal being that round where you either win immunity or you're relying on your social skills and strategy to get you through just is would would add the most drama to an intrigue to that moment but that that would be a way to mitigate it wouldn't be my first choice but i think would help okay yeah just uh i i guess i'm i'm with you whatever it takes to at least make someone prove late in the game that they can get through on their own without an idol or, or assistance from the format of the game. I'd be on board. Yeah. And I, I think this, this season kind of feels like a, along with the game changer, Suri moment, kind of a perfect encapsulation of productions, possibly over reliance on twists and idols and advantages that someone can just idle their way to the finish yeah yep that we we need to avoid that scenario that you just mentioned yes yes um so i guess with that being said we're kind of we're going pretty long here but uh do you like with let's just say the rules were known ahead of time uh everyone knew there's going to be a fire making with a final three do you think that with how ben played and with how chrissy played well who do you think should have won that that's so tricky um i i think 
Chrissy should have won. I don't really take an issue with Ben's win like a lot of people do. Um, you know, from what from what we saw in the edit and from you know just my own game values, I guess. I think I would have voted for Chrissy over Ben. You know, because I probably would have seen it as as Ben didn't really he didn't have to really play the game in full yeah to, to get there totally agree that he found the idols which is part of the game but then he wasn't able to really do anything with them aside from saving himself that he didn't really use it to form a new alliance to to gain you know to use it to, to get Chrissy out or get Devin out earlier or whatever it might have been yep to, to take take out these other threats um whereas if whereas Christy Chrissy was you know she was scrambling he was like, okay we're taking out Ben okay he's got an idol now what do we do she was she was going hard because she had to whereas Ben he didn't do enough I thought with what he had but again finding yeah. idols is part of the game he he absolutely put in work to find those you know no the editing can make it seem easy but as anyone who's who's found one without a clue will tell you, they're usually out there for hours looking for those, just digging under every single rock and every hole and every tree they can find. Um, so all the credit in the world to Ben from on that front. But as as a member on the jury, I think I would have leaned Chrissy. Yeah, I think I would have too. Um, not uh, not because. I think that she played just an outstanding game that was head and shoulders above everyone else. I think she played great. Um, I think she had good alliances. She did awesome in the challenges and she was obviously trying to strategize for the whole thing. But I think there was a point where Ben, Ben actually talked me out of him winning. Um, And, you know, like early on, I remember he was, he was actually in with a couple of alliances and he was in the driver's seat of the game. And somehow he managed to flip on both of them (laughs) and just paint himself into this corner where no one would work with him. And he just had to find idols and win challenges to win the game. And it's like you, he made such a critical mistake with so much time left in the game that I just, I can't, I don't think I could give him, my vote to win it like he he forced his own hand yeah he was and, actually playing a pretty good game yeah he was, he was playing a, people yeah people often forget that that they get so focused on the the three idols in the fire that they think he didn't really do anything before that but he was playing a very good game for a good chunk of the season yeah yeah i i think he threw it away and then he just managed to hang on until the very end and at that point i still don't think he convincingly beat chrissy so i would have given it to her yeah yeah hopefully chrissy will get a second second shot again um so leading into our second chance players as we finish up here i've got quite a few actually for this season um dr mike ryan chrissy devin all people we've mentioned so far um joe and lauren we've touched on briefly like to see them back again and then two that have, that have not been brought, brought up at all i would say desi and 
Allie. I think Allie had some had huge potential. She was she was very smart, very strategic. Got got vote out just before the merge. I think maybe the vote right before. You know, I think she could have done some real damage. She had been able to get past just that one last vote. I'd love to see her come back. Yeah, I'm. I don't think I'm going to differ from you too much on any of these. Obviously, everyone in the final five, other than Ben, I would love to see back. Um, yeah, Joe, definitely. Uh, I, I'd love to see a Joe and War Dog showdown. That would be great. Um, you think they cast both of them on a season, though? Or are they too similar? Why not? Just, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I'd, I'll, I'll just go with you on Allie. Um, I don't remember her too much, but uh, from what you're saying, I'm, I'm sold. So, all right. Well, another, another season down, and we just keep chugging right along. Um, one quick programming note: We are going to be taking next week off. Different scheduling things came up. Um, might be a little hard for us to bank an episode extra this week, so we're going to take next week off um, with full plans to be back again on Thursday, the twentieth. May twentieth, we'll be back back to normal. And again, um, we'll plan for five seasons, but the way these last two weeks have gone, that's probably out the window of five seasons at a time, you know, we're about at this maybe even longer than last week. It was only two seasons. Um, but the next batch of five, um, just at least to tease you for it, will be season six, Amazon, 13 cook islands, 18 token Sheens, 19 Samoa and 34 game changers. Somewhere in there, there's a huge split kind of the last big one remaining still, um, kind of fun that it's into our our top fifteen that it that we find it, but that'll be a, a fun one to talk about, whichever one that whichever one that might be. But again, uh, we'll be off next week. No episode on May thirteenth. Back on May twentieth, and so great time to catch up if you have missed any episodes. So find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us there as well, and you can follow us on Twitter at Llama Talk Pod on Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. And for Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambage. And we'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Christmas.